0: Fall would probably be my favorite. Um, Spring is... It kind of vacillates between spring and fall just because I've gotten so sick of winter. I like it when things start to get warm and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, feel kind of fresh again in spring. But you always have that moment where it's similar to fall. Well, yeah, and like... It, like, everything's still in the middle of melting, so, okay, sure, the snow is technically gone, but everything is damp and muddy and gross. And then, yeah, there's, like, trash that people ended up, that somehow, like, got into the snow, so as everything melts, there's just shit everywhere. So, at least with fall, even though it kind of indicates that you're going to be leading into winter soon, um the grass is dry from summer you know you you have some mornings where dew is collecting so the grass can be a little moist or something but it's pretty it's cool it's crisp yeah um yeah so I mean fall is fall has probably become my favorite you you get to put on sweaters and sit outside and last yeah, night yeah. We a, yeah last night we had a bonfire we were actually remarking on how it has been I don't know how it's been in Colorado but it has been so cold here lately that we have had ice on our windshields in the morning. And oh, so Lily first, well, okay. Yeah. Lily first mentioned like, Hey, we should have a bonfire Saturday night. It'll be perfect. We were actually all talking about how like we brought jackets and sweatpants and it was too goddamn hot. Like it was, <laughs> it was like 68 degrees at 10 at night. We're like what the fuck? And now it's supposed to be in the seventies again for like most of this week. And then by Friday, the high is supposed to be like 46.
1: We've still been in the seventies. Oh, okay. Our eye currently is seventy-two.
0: Yeah, I think ours right now is sixty-seven. Although I am yeah. unfortunately sequestering myself in a room with a closed door and no fan, so it feels very hot. Yeah. And and a computer that is running. So
1: we're supposed to start <sighs> dropping down, but we've been we've been getting rain, which we're always excited about. With rain, just because if if we don't have rain, then everything's like on fire.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then but... then people move here and they're like, Why is Colorado just like so smoky all the time? We're like, Well, welcome to hell. Everything burns. Yeah. We haven't had rain in months.
0: <laughs> Damn. Which I suppose is kind of the the flip side of being one of the sunniest places. Where it's like, yeah, when you don't have clouds collecting and you don't have precipitation, shit dries the fuck out.
1: It does, and it, it will catch on fire. No, just Uh-oh. knocking stuff down.
0: Oh my it's god, I'm still, so, I'm still so pissed about my camera. I spent Aww. like 80 bucks on this fucking thing. It's supposed to be nice. Yeah. I'm like, you know, we're getting into like doing podcast stuff. We might start a YouTube thing at some point. Who knows? I should probably have a sweet... Camera, and it's not, but it's almost I certainly be- my
1: computer camera.
0: Yeah, it's almost certainly well, and it doesn't even have like a light or anything, so it's not like
1: oh.
0: But it's also, yeah. I'm now determined to make it work because I have confirmed that for sure the mic on it works and the camera works. So yeah, it's a it's simple device. Just... Yeah, it's I know for the fact party. it functions. Yeah, there's there's something wrong in my computer some piece of hardware that is conflicting with it for some reason. Although today is the closest I've ever gotten. Like That's I've good. never Yeah, I've never been able to get it to recognize video of any kind in Discord. Mm-hmm. So when I called you earlier and was doing like the tests, I was just amazed that it was sending an image and you could see it and everything worked and then it's like, "Oh no, but of course the flip side is no audio."
1: Yeah. <sighs> Kind of need audio for a podcast video. Not so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the bigger part.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, but yeah. Yeah. I myself am a huge fan of winter. Cause I love the cold. I love snow. I also don't deliver mail in it. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure if I had to be out in it all day, every day, although I I mean, we were out in it a lot skiing and stuff growing up as kids. So,
0: like, and I thought about that a lot, too, because when we were little, we'd go sledding and snowmobiling <laughs> and skating and stuff. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that was also by choice. And yeah. like when you're skiing,
1: choice, different.
0: yeah, you get to the bottom of the hill. You even if even if like the rest of your group wants to keep going, you can just go, I'll catch you guys on the next one. I got to jump in, pee, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it will actually be a lot better with my new route because it's mostly driving. So it's not, yeah, yeah. And luckily it's, I've already checked the the heater in my truck, although they're old and shitty, it does Mm -hmm. work. So that will, yeah, yeah. It's really good. It pumps out some good heat. And, uh, uh, and I'm on almost the entirety of my route is really flat So even, like, when it's snowing and ice starts building it up and stuff, I won't have to worry too much. I'll drive a little slower and just be careful, but...
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm
0: I'm hoping that my my view of winter will flip back a little bit again, but... uh, After I started delivering mail, I was thinking about that, because I'm like, yeah, if you asked me, like... Between the ages of six and probably 20 or so, uh, winter was always my favorite. Sledding, skiing, snowboarding... S- snowmobiling in particular yeah it was it was awesome it was the best and then i realized that was also primarily because dad did all of like the snow removal mom would make us hot cocoa you know she would yeah. like bundle us up and take all our stuff off and you know mm-hmm. give us a bath so like we didn't have to do really any of the work it was just all fun and when you become an adult Yeah, it's like, okay, so I already worked 10 hours today. Now I have to get up at 3 a.m. to shovel out the driveway to make sure I can get to work later. And then you go to bed and you wake up and it's like, oh, it was snow, it was still snowing. So when I woke up at three and shoveled the driveway, I have to do it all again because it snowed another six inches. So now I'm going to be late to work, even though I did all that fucking work. Then you come home and you still have to like shovel off the deck and... (sighs) It yeah. just becomes so much more of a hassle than fun.
1: It does. And I'm a fan of it, but being on the road with other people who don't know what they're doing, aren't equipped for it.
0: Yeah.
1: It's scary at times. I've which is also why I am that person that when it snows, I'm like, I get there, when I get there. Yeah. Because I want to show up in one whole piece.
0: Yeah. No, definitely take your time. Well, and especially since I grew up driving Subarus and that all-wheel drive is really, really nice. And my last two vehicles have gone from rear-wheel drive to front wheel drive. And it has been such a surprising difference. Like I I really took for granted how nice it was to have an all-wheel drive vehicle. Yeah. And it, yeah, you just when the snow hits, take your time. Don't yeah. Don't let anybody pressure you or whatever, like on the road and whatnot. Yeah.
1: And don't be <laughs> that person that gets a big truck or a big SUV. And then suddenly <laughs> thinks that you are immune to the laws of nature and physics. Because yeah. you're not.
0: I was literally just going to dive into that. Because when I, my rear wheel drive vehicle was a 1990 something. Uh, oh, I think it was a 99 Crown Vic. And oh. big V8 engine and rear wheel and I used to drive that from the northwest corner of North Dakota to the Twin Cities in like one 10 hour go uh, in winter and the tail end is drifting a little bit because the rear wheels would slide and uh, I I never got into an accident. I never hit a a ditch or anything but I was living in North Dakota when the big oil boom was happening. So you had dudes who were coming from uh, mostly all over the country, but in some cases that all over the world. Sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of them never even seen snow before. But they get a big-ass contract from these uh, oil companies. They come up, mm-hmm. and one of the first things they do is they buy a big-ass truck. Buy the a big truck? Yep, and it's exactly what you said. They suddenly think that they're immune to the elements, and it's like, look, I don't care how big or heavy your four tires are. If they all hit ice and you're going ninety you're miles screwed. an hour, before, yeah, you're fucking screwed. The number it of doesn't ve- matter. No,
1: what vehicle you have.
0: Yeah, if you're not being conscious of the conditions and driving appropriately, you're you're screwed. No amount of technology no. is gonna save you.
1: Yeah, and we actually had to change our laws here because of people driving with snow plows. If oh. there are two plows next to each other, hmm. it is illegal to pass them. Which you don't want to be in front of them anyway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think
1: people realize that, but they did make that a law now that if there is two like side by side or one like right after the other, you cannot pass them. Interesting. Because, well, I think, I don't know how often this is happening, but if you're in front of the snowplow and suddenly you don't have traction, that vehicle's not stopping for you.
0: Right, right, for sure. That's. They got a job to do, and they know that slamming on their brakes is going to be a bad time for everyone, so.
1: Yeah, it's way safer behind them than in front of them, that's for sure. You might, uh, as we call them here, the Colorado cracked windshield. (laughs) Because, you know, you get a rock in there, and you're like, it's just, I'm going to get another one. It's not worth fixing until it's, like, really bad. Yeah, so, like, most vehicles, mine actually does not have one. I have a few chips, but no, like, crack. You have, like, usually people have, like, a nice long crack on the bottom yeah. somewhere. Uh, and as long as it's not impairing your vision when you're driving, it's fine.
0: I should say real quick, uh, not a sponsor or anything, but if you're familiar with the channel Tyler um on YouTube, he uh, okay. tests... Uh, He's a real mysterious guy. He has almost nice. like a million followers on YouTube. Lily and I have been watching a lot of uh, videos. He's one of those guys who just tests. His primary thing is testing a bunch of random things like from Amazon oh, cool. and stuff.
1: That's awesome. Um,
0: but we he has two YouTube channels. He has two uh, Instagram channels, a bunch of followers, and no background. We didn't do like a super deep dive, but he never mentions family. He never mentions a wife, kids, nothing. He doesn't really talk about what his job is. And for a long time now, we he's just-, just been doing YouTube. But like, he's one of the only people we've seen who's like on YouTube who isn't just constantly flaunting, like like nobody knows where he lives even. they, He's never more than like just a few feet outside of his garage, if he's outside of his garage. Wow. So there's no way to like pinpoint landmarks or anything. He's like an odd ghost of a YouTuber. Um, but that wasn't even you the. Don't point.
1: see that on YouTube. No, it's you don't spread. see that like anywhere because usually I was like, I mean, we talk about where we live. We don't say I live specifically on this street in this area. Right, right, right. I don't need anyone showing yeah. up at my house.
0: And then but he he says weird he things. Heard. Um, he had never heard of a zucchini. Um, what? Yeah, he called it a zucchini Um, because of a product a he was. Yeah. And from what we've found on Reddit, he be, must live in the Appalachian area. Okay. and so he's just kind of away from the rest of society or something. It's weird. but that is yeah, long roundabout way of saying he tested some at home um windshield chip products, and they oh. work pretty well. So you can. Just, yeah, if you've got some chips, don't let them become cracks. This is a public service announcement. Get yourself a cheap little chips. Yeah, get a chip fixer thing and follow the directions. It doesn't take very long and you'd be amazed at the results.
1: Actually, uh, most most of the time, if you get your oil changed, they can do that for free. Shut the fuck up. Really? That's awesome. Yep. Aren't cars fun?
0: They are.
1: This has nothing to do with our episode, but, you know. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I made my tea hot.
0: I did, too.
1: I mixed it with the black tea and did kind of more of like a hot toddy style. Nice. But a lot more of the deep eddy vodka, which is what I got.
0: That's what I got. Well, since we're, since we're jumping in. Welcome, everybody. Hello.
1: Welcome.
0: This is Peculiar Pairings. Uh, my name is Matt.
1: I'm Celine. We and, got some tea today. Yeah.
0: And I've never really done this before. I've I've had Jeremiah weed tea um and it's been a while. I don't remember how I used to to do it, but this one I just made some hot water and I I I thought that these were more of liqueurs, but it's 35% alcohol, so I put in oh. just like a shot and a half of the Deep Eddy sweet tea cuz yeah, I couldn't find the Jeremiah weed. I I know that's the one I had yeah. recommended. But yeah, I picked up to the deep eddy, and then I just poured some hot water to fill up the cup, and it tastes like tea. I'm pretty yeah. happy about it. It's quite good.
1: Yeah, I mixed mine with a black tea. So with the hot water, I just had like the tea bag
0: mm-hmm. and filled
1: it up so that it has a little more of that tea.
0: Is it Earl Grey?
1: No, it is uh, Darjeeling ah. black tea.
0: Okay,
1: I. I think it's probably closer to like a uh, English breakfast tea than uh, right. Earl Grey. It doesn't have.
0: It's not quite as bitter.
1: I feel like Earl Grey has like hints of lavender in it. Oh, you know.
0: I guess I wouldn't know.
1: It's it's got more of a it's a unique taste. I've, I do he love he Earl is, Grey though. Yeah, I love I've like London Fog.
0: Yeah, I've I've had plenty of Earl Grey, but I I I don't know enough about lavender. Honestly, it's. I just know that there's something about the when I first had Earl Grey it was a little off-putting but there's mm. it's got a strange sort of bitter sourness to it that I've really developed yeah. a taste for yeah it's good I can see how the it would balance out pretty well with the sweetness of the the deep eddy vodka
1: yeah I Wanted to do more of, like, a hot tea, just kind of in the spirit of getting into the fall season. Yes. And yeah. the cold weather and, like, wintry things. Yeah.
0: It's cozy. It's comforting. It's Although crazy. we we were talking earlier that, like, we've hit a bit of a heat wave here. So my plan was yeah. have the window open because we've had nights literally where I've had to, like, I get up in the morning and I've had to scrape ice off of my windshield already. And it was, like, the third yeah. week of September. So I'm kind of, ex- when we talked about sitting down to record, I'm thinking, oh yeah, it'll be nice and cool. I'll open the window, be this nice cold Andy draft. Now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's like 70 degrees right now. And I think in this office, it's probably 75, but uh, you know, we make do you know, still drinking my hot tea.
1: Yes. Um, so when I was at the store earlier with Gabriel, we... We went to Sprouts, and I forget that Sprouts doesn't have, like, caramel candies. Oh. So, I went with the alternative of Tony's Chocolonely Chocolate Caramel Sea Salt. Ooh. Which, this is... Um, I actually heard about this brand from listening to, and that's why we drink. Um, the One of the hosts, M. Schultz, is a huge fan of their chocolate. Oh, okay. Which... I tried at one point and I was like, I don't know if this is chocolate I would necessarily buy like all the time, but I'm also not buying chocolate all the time. But yeah. it is uh, fair trade and anti slavery or slavery free chocolate. Oh, well,
0: that's good. Which,
1: which is why I feel better paying more for it because yeah. then I at least feel better about not buying something that's like Hershey's that uses slavery-type practices yeah. or just straight-up slavery to harvest the yeah,
0: cocoa? Which I think is something that I've been really disillusioned about in the last few years. The mm-hmm. idea that um, something like if you ask somebody when the last slave was freed, you know, in the world, what year would you guess? And everyone's always surprised to be like, well, there still are, so not Never. yet. Right, yeah, not so yet. it hasn't happened. So Bananas
1: it, are actually a great example of that, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Um, and it, especially if you tie it in with just general, uh, like the concept of human trafficking, it, it's it's kind of mind-boggling how we we feel like, especially in America, we feel like these are things that have been tackled and destroyed. And yeah. it's like, no, no, even even here, there's still stuff happening that we yeah, should be addressing.
1: I think, like the biggest areas that have it are chocolate bananas and then shoes
0: oh yeah shoes are probably a big one
1: shoes are i know there is a whole thing with like nike Mm a few years ago i don't know if anything has changed with that honestly where people were really upset that they're like my shoes are made by the hands of like a 10 year old in a sweatshop yeah I'm not really sure that they've changed a whole lot, honestly. But if I am wrong, I'd love to hear that because I don't think that that's okay.
0: No, for sure. I would definitely love to hear that practices like that have been ending.
1: Yeah, but that is um, that is what I chose to get today was that because it still had caramel, but then it's got like the little bit of sea salt that gives it a little savory taste.
0: Yeah. Well, and that actually works for sort of a progression of, of the episode. We usually go with the topic first. But for anyone who's who's a little confused right now, we, we have uh, little caramel bites, or at least that that was like the idea. And I was trying um, to
1: find those like the little squares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Caramel, well, or it's just like fun. handmade caramel. Yeah. And it's fine that you got that. It's even like a similar color. Cause it, I wasn't really going for the particular flavor. It doesn't necessarily matter about that. The reason that I went with caramel bites is because they resemble a small box, and the reason that I went with tea has nothing to do with the pairing. Um, It made me think of a tea box, and so like I was thinking about tea and caramel, and then yeah, and then coincidentally they both give me a sense of fall and moving into colder weather and stuff. Um, So yeah, it was really all just an aesthetic thing, like. The thing that we're talking about resembles what I thought to be like a tea box, and that's what little caramel pieces are. So, without any further ado, Celine, what are we talking about this week?
1: We are talking about the ever famous Dybbuk box. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Oh, yeah. And the, it's actually kind of cool because I've, I, it's one of those things where I'm familiar with it. But, as you can tell by the treats, I don't remember nearly enough about what I learned the last like year that I saw a video about it to have made an informed choice about like pairings or yeah. anything. Um, but, uh, I'm excited. I do remember it being very creepy. so now i'm 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 excited, yes.
1: and this one,, um, we have a few different directions. We are taking this one in. I'm just moving stuff a little closer to me um one of them being that i want to talk about the individual people who have owned this box and kind of mm. the original story of how it kind of came about which with i guess without further ado our sources are wikipedia eonline inputmagazine.com Travelchannel.com and com. It has its own website, which I didn't nice. know.
0: Well, and, and not, not to jump too far ahead, uh, is it... It's it's a, a singular thing, right? It's not like yeah. a Dybbuk box refers to multiple kinds of something. It's one specific box.
1: It is one specific box that we are talking about today. However, yeah. there are... 10 oh, okay. within this specific type of Dybbuk box. There were 10 made and each of them refers. And if you want to, you can see all of this on information with, um I believe it is in connection with Zach Baggins, since he currently owns two of them. There's yes. 10 total made. Two of them are missing. He owns Two and the other six are out there.
0: Zacky Boy's back in the game.
1: Yes, and I I we d- haven't had him in a story in a while.
0: Yeah, I do enjoy when he pops up.
1: Yes. So each of these boxes is in correlation to I believe it is Jewish mythology, and that like each one is part of a symbol of the tree of life, and there's a total mm. of ten. Okay. I don't know which one this is specifically let alone the other one Zach owns, but I know the first original famous one is larger than the second one he acquired. The second one he has is a little smaller. Oh. But it is still within the same series.
0: Right, right. Weird. Yes.
1: So I think in order to truly understand what this box is exactly we do need to understand what a dibbic is
0: yeah the, and that, that's one thing i don't really remember learning from the thing that i saw like went through this whole yeah. like hour long video and i'm like okay i know it's a like, box so but they didn't dybbuk? right right they didn't really explain that
1: yeah the dibbic itself comes from jewish mythology and in the word And kind of the epitomology of the word is that it comes from the word debek, meaning adhere or cling to. And the word debek itself has very negative connotations. And that it is something that is more malicious, clinging to and adhering to. And that is typically more clinging to people than it is objects. However, for people who are more into spirits and hauntings and more of the occult side of things, it is believed that spirits can attach themselves to everything from people to objects. Okay. And the Dybbuk itself is more of a malicious spirit, and it is not generally one that is considered, like, a specific demonic spirit. It is believed to be more of a dislocated soul of a dead person or of the dead. Oh, okay. But a lot of people do think that it could be more of a demon than yeah. just any sort of malicious or negative spirit.
0: Yeah, it's, not like, it's not like an ancient spirit whose name is Dybbuk. It's like a classification yeah. of... Spirit or demon. Okay, gotcha. It's a
1: classification of a spirit that clings and possesses more specifically.
0: Ugh, creepy. It
1: is a possessing spirit, not just one that's just like, I just like you, so I'm going to just hang around.
0: (laughs) Hi, I'm here.
1: Hi, I'm here.
0: I'm not going to do anything. I'm just hanging out.
1: feel like I'd be that kind of ghost that's just like, I'm just here. I just like want to hang out with you.
0: Yeah, Um, I would be the one who's something off the
1: counter just to like scare you a little bit. But like, I'm just here.
0: Yeah, I'm the one who's desperately just trying to like hang. But like, I'm I'm still so new to just like being a ghost that I keep frightening the fuck out of them. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, Oh, fuck. No, I'm stuck here. Yeah, I'm like, just look, just when you go to work, can you just turn the TV on? Cause I, I have fucking nothing else to do.
1: I wonder if that's why Eugene turns the TV on sometimes. Cause he's like, I just like, oh, I hope so.
0: he's been stuck it's, there for so long. Yeah. He's like, he scares me
1: every time. Cause I like, we'll be <laughs> upstairs. And then the TV comes on and I'm like, what is happening?
0: He's like, I just want to watch CNN. I just want to know what's going on in Ukraine. You know, uh, on you,
1: Eugene, we don't have cable. <laughs> We have Yahoo Finance news.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Oh, actually, (laughs) on a, a little side tangent for you. There was one I watched where they were talking about forgiving student loan debt. Yeah. And they were talking to... So I can't remember what the exact title is for, like, the federal education person. But they were talking to him, and they like... Well, don't you think this is a bad idea? And he's like, for who? Uh, he's like, these are people that, like, we're actually helping more immediately. And they contribute directly to our economy. So if they're not having to pay for this. Yeah. They actually have money to, like, I don't know, buy clothes.
0: Yeah. It, well, and it's weird to have <laughs> just... Like, where you live, your upbringing and stuff, uh, maybe your your own struggles in life can shape how you feel about certain things, but I still remember a conversation, and I wish I would have had more of a backbone and stood up for it, um, but it was uh, me and Dad, well, it was like two Labor Days, two Labor Days ago, and we were all sitting out on the deck at Dad's house. And it was uh, him and uh, like a bunch of his buddies that he's known for years and that I've known, but they're all fairly conservative. And they were talking Mm -hmm. about how, um, well, you know, the leftists are really big on, you know, providing public education. And and they turned to me because I had said something about like providing medical care for everyone. They're like, well, so they want to they're talking about, you know, providing universal uh, schooling. So like if somebody wants to go to school to get a degree, you'd have to pay for it. How would you feel about that? And I was basically fine. just like, yeah, I've like, I'm not even at like back then. I wasn't super like financially stable, but I'm like, if I can ensure that other people don't have to go through the stress that I'm constantly under, that's fine. And if we yeah. can like invest in our future generations to be like, we're behind. We're behind yeah. a lot of other countries. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I feel like and we should just be investing in the future generations, and I think it's seems- worth it. Yeah.
1: For me, the thing that gets me is, so my mom went to a private school.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Well, so so St. Ben's is a private college. Ooh la la. And the amount of money that she spent in four years to get her degree is the equivalent of what I paid in one semester for a state school.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So... The equivalent of what she paid for her entire four years of education is what I paid for a state school for one semester. And not only that, but the amount of money her school charges now for education, yeah, yeah. went from the equivalent of, like eight grand a year to over a hundred thousand dollars a year,
0: oh God.
1: So that's, that's a problem because yeah. that doesn't correlate. But
0: yeah, well, and, so and I had a sh-
1: guy on there, and then they were talking about the che- teacher shortage.
0: Yeah, oh, and right. all of
1: that, and he was like, "Well, maybe we should lower standards for who's teaching our children." And he just looked him in the eyes, just complete deadpan, and was like. If you think that is the solution for our teacher shortage, you are part of the problem and just like Wait. hung up the call. And I was like <laughs> oh, I'm like Eugene, this is the only TV we got. <laughs> this
0: is the only that, TV we got.
1: We got Netflix, but oh, it's always every time the TV comes on, it is like the Yahoo Finance channel. And I'm like, "Yes, we don't have regular TV."
0: He's like, I don't care. I just want something. I, I, I want just.
1: noise.
0: That's fine. Yeah. He's like, I'm well beyond student loan bullshit, but I'll listen to it. I just. There again, when you guys go to work, when you're on your your computers, I just want something down here. He just doesn't want to be alone. I can. I can see that.
1: Well, he has the dog now, so. Oh, yeah, I don't that's... know if she loves that, though. <laughs> that's she... a good point. She'll hear noise and she'll just like growl and we're like, stop it.
0: Is it weird that I kind of want Eugene to follow you guys to your new place? Like, I want to feel like... I actually
1: mentioned that to our... (laughs) uh, Our roommate that we're planning on living with just because it's a lot cheaper to have a place hmm, between three mm -hmm. people than for just the two of us.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and if you're getting, like, a house, like, you're renting a whole house. For sure, yeah.
1: We're planning on renting a house or a townhouse. Nice. But with... That I'm like, you know, like there's a there's a chance he could follow us, and he's like, we might be followed by a ghost. I'm like, yeah. He's not gonna hurt you.
0: Oh, he was worried. He was worried. Yeah. <laughs> I he was gonna be on board. I thought he was gonna be like, fuck yeah, hanging out with Eugene. Like,
1: what? And he's like, you have a ghost in this house. And I'm like, yeah, his name's Eugene. He was a navy vet, and like one yeah. of this whole thing. He's fine about this spirit we have, and I'm like, yeah. He doesn't hurt anyone, so like I, I don't see the point in being like he can't be here because unless he is being malicious, this was his house first, technically.
0: Yeah, and still is. He just wants someone to hang out with. He just doesn't want to feel think alone. So.
1: And yeah. I mean, the dog's not super freaked out, so well, yeah.
0: that's good. Yeah. If what and we that's if...
1: always the thing I see like in scary movies when it's like the dogs yeah. or, or like the cats are like really upset, and I'm like. No, I don't like this.
0: Yeah, that is really unsettling and creepy.
1: That's, that's always and I'm like, this isn't going well.
0: Eugene could be a Dybbuk. He's just like, well, I guess that's more like being trapped than possessing. But like, he's he's stuck well, to one thing.
1: I mean, I like to think that most spirits aren't attached to things. Yeah. So technically, he could follow us if he wants to, and just like pop in. From yeah. what I believe, and I have heard that like ghosts will do that because there's always like, oh, like this famous ghost like haunts our hotel, but they haunt like five other places too.
0: That's the best. Like
1: there's no way that they're just like stuck to one place. Like they gotta be able to like at least travel around to the places they've been to. Like that would make sense.
0: Yeah, well, and I would like to think that if if that is a representation of of an actual afterlife, that uh, what a shitty existence if you're just stuck to like, because maybe that wasn't even where he died. Maybe he just lived there for a period of time, like when he was going to college and it was just sort of an in-between thing. And so, like, he gets to his afterlife and he's stuck in this apartment and he's like, why this is where I'm this is this is where I'm stuck I'd like to think that he has a an afterlife and he goes around and sees his old places that he went to. His haunts as it were.
1: Eugene didn't die in our house. Like he he was elsewhere, so
0: Well, sure. But I mean If you're stuck
1: haunting the place you died, you definitely wouldn't be here.
0: Man, hospitals would be insane.
1: Um, Hospitals are insanely haunted. What? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah, but not yeah. like
0: present ones, like old ones that are dilapidated and stuff.
1: No, like most haunt, most hospitals are generally kind of haunted.
0: What the hell? Are you here? I didn't know that. Yeah. All right.
1: I, I watch a lot of ghost shows.
0: All right. Well, maybe we'll have to talk about that in the future.
1: I think we definitely will. So, haunted
0: hospitals, son of a bitch. All right.
1: Speaking of attaching with ghosts, um it is believed that a Dybbuk will only leave its host either because it is exercised from them or they've accomplished their goal. And I don't really know what that entails. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if it's malicious to the point where they're like, I'm picking this host and my goal is to end them. Or if it is, I want these certain things to happen to this person. Like I want to ruin their life or... Because it's malicious, that's why I'm going with negative things versus just saying, right. I just want to like hang with them. It would be more upon the lines of, I want horrible things to happen.
0: Right, he right. That's
1: what I want. So the Dybbuk itself does first appear in the 16th century writings. Oh, okay. And it is some of the earlier accounts of possessions, which... People thought were to be of demons and not of just other ghosts potentially. Right. Whereas that's kind of where the dibic differs is that it could be just an ordinary ghost versus a specific demon.
0: Yeah, like like an overtly malicious spirit. Yeah. So, or, or or like a named demon not just a random person who has passed away. Yes. Interesting. And
1: it is believed that most dibics are male. So that's kind of like the difference between a succubus and a succubi.
0: Yeah. It's always a boys club, isn't it?
1: Unless you're a succubus, then you're a woman. <laughs> I was,
0: not to go on another tangent, but I was really surprised to learn that, like, because I'd heard of the band Incubus, and then I learned that there was a, a correlating term. Incubus is term. what I'm thinking
1: of. Succubi is a per, plural of succubus, oh my god.
0: But but still, like... The idea that, succubus, yeah. Right. Like, the idea that there isn't just one, like, there isn't a term, like, they aren't, they aren't all incubi. There's an incubus and a succubus, and it's like, the only yeah. difference is gender. And it's like, what's the point mm-hmm. of that? Why does that even matter?
1: I know. It's... Like, like the they, they just have one yeah. overarching term that... This right. is your goal as a ghost, is to do the, X, Y, and Z.
0: The one that always gets me the most is comedian versus comedian. They're pronounced almost exactly the same. One just has more N's and an E. And it's like, can, yeah. why, why aren't they both? They're almost the exact same word. Can we just not say comedian? Like, what, That for is everyone.
1: because I believe the word comedian comes from the French language in which... You add extra ends and e's to show the difference between masculine and feminine.
0: Yeah, well, and that's actually it, what I was going. to go The same, that. generally. Yeah. Um, but like it, for terms of incubus and succubus, I'm pretty sure that that's Latin based. Yeah. So, uh, like when you consider that French and Spanish, you know, they're they're or Latin, Latin based Yeah. So it, I like I get that they ended up with masculine, feminine stuff because they came from that, but. It's 2020, whatever. Can't we get past all that?
1: Come on. No, we can't. Uh, (laughs) It is also believed that... Short answer, no. more specifically, has the goal of possessing women on the eaves of their wedding nights for nefarious sexual reasons, which... Oh, my. Wouldn't that just make them an incubi at that point? So that that I good
0: point. <laughs> don't quite believe. Yeah, stay in your lane, Dibbick.
1: Yeah, but it it does show kind of the other forms of what they call soul transmigration in Jewish mythology, which is like mm. souls attaching to different bodies kind of in the way of like reincarnation in Hinduism. Mm -hmm. So kind of that idea that, like, you live multiple lives. Although in psychology and psychological literature, the Dybbuk is described as hysteria.
0: Oh, (laughs) Oh, good.
1: So the Dybbuk's just a, a little all over the place with some of that, but for the most part is a malicious spirit that... Attaches to things and people. Okay. So with that, we're going to start with the first buyer of this dibic box.
0: Yes, the trail and begins. That,
1: the trail begins with Kevin Manis, who hmm. he an
0: unassuming the, name.
1: It is an unassuming name. He bought the it's the dibic box itself is a wine cabinet. Oh, okay. And he bought it in September of 2001 at an estate sale in Portland, Oregon.
0: That sounds about right. That yeah. totally you where this things
1: At estate sales.
0: Yeah. And in Oregon, of all places. Yeah. Oregon.
1: So the items were originally owned by a woman who was a Holocaust survivor and she had oh, yeah. recently passed away at the ripe old age of 103. Holy moly. I know. Good for her.
0: Yeah, that's impressive. Like
1: that's, that's pretty good. And that's his, pretty good. his granddaughter was putting on, like, the estate sale. She was selling everything. And as he was going to, like, pay for everything, she's like, oh, like, I, I see you have the the Dippet box. And she was explaining to him that her grandmother got it after the Nazi occupation in Poland. Her grandmother was born and raised in Poland. She raised her family there until the Nazi occupation, Ugh. during which they were all sent to a concentration camp. And she was the only member of her family to survive. Oh, wow. I know. That's it's starting to feel dark.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: And fortunately for her, she somehow escaped this concentration camp and fled with a few other pr- prisoners to Spain, which from Poland to Spain is a huge trek.
0: Yeah, you ain't kidding. Holy crap. I know I've talked yeah. about not knowing a lot about geography, but I know enough to know that that's a long way to go.
1: That's a long way to go, but I, I feel like at that point, if you are really hell-bent on surviving, you kind of find a way to make it work.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It definitely makes me think of some of the different stories you have from the Holocaust with Holocaust survivors, just kind of the crazy things that they managed to escape from. You're like, man, if this had gone just a tiny bit differently, like you would have been dead.
0: Yeah. The... The amount of just horrible situations that... It's one of those things where sitting in our comfortable, you know, computer Mm -hmm. chairs and stuff and looking back, it's like, I don't think I would have the wherewithal to survive that kind of thing. Or even, like, make a decision to live a certain way to survive. Just be like, I wouldn't make it. I'd be dead.
1: Yeah, it would be, like... It's one of those things where... Like, I honestly could not say what I would do in that sort of situation, just... Yeah. Because I like to hope that we would never have to have something like that again. Sure. But, like, I know genocide is a lot more common than we want to think it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But that's that's a conversation for another time. Yeah. So, as her grandmother was in spain she acquired three items which was the box a sewing kit i'm trying to remember like what the third item was but she brought those three things back with her to the u.s from spain so she immigrated with those three items like those were her personal possessions right and he was asking her, he's like, "Well, I don't really know, like what a Dybbuk box is." And she's like, "Well, I kind of don't either, but I know that my grandma had it in her sewing room. And she said it always had to be closed. No matter what, you do not open this box,
0: yeah, that's There's what I remember evil f- in this box, yeah, that's what I remember hearing from the last time I saw it is, like, you can have it. It'll be fine." Don't open it. it. Yeah, ever. Do not open it. Nothing.
1: She and her grandmother kept it, like, in her sewing room closed out of reach, like, for anybody. Just, especially when you have young kids and grandkids, like, you don't want them to just open things. Yeah. You keep that out of the way so they cannot get to it.
0: For sure. Regardless
1: of how much they try. And... (laughs) She said that she asked her grandmother what was inside, and she said that her grandmother would spit three times between her fingers and say, a dibbic and a casillum, which I'm not sure what a casillum is, but it does not sound good.
0: A dibbic and a casillum? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. A dibbic and a casillum. I'm also kind of amazed at how it's spelled. It's not. I don't know what I would expect from, uh, well, I don't really know much about how that would work anyways. Like, I don't know, what is that, Yiddish, technically? Dybbuk?
1: It is Jewish, but it is like a form of Yiddish. I'm not really finding anything specifically on a Kassilim.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it sounds like it, it, either way, it doesn't sound good.
0: No. Real quick fun fact for anyone who's interested. There are people making and selling them on eBay. You can buy your own Dybbuk box.
1: You can buy your own Dybbuk box. And that was one of the articles I saw just browsing on Google that's like, do not buy one. Yeah. here's why.
0: I mean, yeah, why would you want to?
1: Yes. This specific Dybbuk box is tied with several other ones that were made in like a series in In the way that, like, in art, you have a series of work that's all tied into one main, like, theme. Yeah. That is how this one specifically was made. Okay. And she, the woman did say that her grandmother had asked to be buried with the box, so she didn't necessarily want just, like, anyone having it.
0: Right. I do like the idea of that, too, because I think a lot of people would be, inclined to think well if it's so dangerous if it's got such a you know horrible spirit in it why not just get rid of it it's like i can see how if it if the if if someone who believes in it thinks that it will pose no threat as long as you never open it it's like i can see how you would want to hold on to it and just be like as long as i have it i know it will never open and if it gets buried with me yeah it will be safe from the rest of the world forever
1: So the only reason she was not buried with it is that that is against Jewish Orthodox rules. Oh. So she was not buried with the box because they're like, no, we can't do that. It's kind of in the way that in a Jewish cemetery, you cannot be buried there if you have tattoos.
0: Oh, that sucks.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's little things like that. Right. So she was not buried with this box. And... Kevin Manis was like, oh, like we can open it together. And she's like, no, 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 we do. We do not open this box. Yeah, we never open this
0: box. We we never open this box.
1: And she's like, you know, like my grandmother said to never open it, like under any circumstances. So, no, we will not open this box. Like, I will not I will not be that grandchild that goes against (laughs) my grandmother's wishes.
0: Good call. Good call.
1: Um. And then he's like, well, like, we could open it and, like, you can. He's like, well, like, maybe if this is so important to you, like, you can keep the box. Like, I don't I don't really need it. Like, you can keep that money. Like, not a big deal.
0: Yeah.
1: And she's like, we don't want it. (laughs) She got pretty upset with him. And she's like, no, I like we don't want it. Yeah. Take it. And then asked him to leave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, please get out.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Go fuck yourself.
1: Originally, Manus bought it because he owned a small furniture refinishing, refurbishing business. Yeah. So he intended to finish it and give it to his mother as a nice birthday gift. And it it Mm -hmm. is a very pretty cabinet. It has like a... I think it has like these grape handles on it
0: yeah it was i'm not sure if what i looked up is the same one that you're talking about but it is very it's very pretty it's a it's a very well crafted box
1: it is i'm gonna see if what shows up is like the yeah it has like the handles that are like the grape vines kind of yeah yeah like The handles yeah And then, like, one of the first images was, like, "Dibic box, haunted or hoax?
0: (laughs) Haunted or hoax.
1: So, either way, it's a very beautiful box.
0: It is, yeah, absolutely.
1: He brought it to his store, and he's, like, well, I'm going to work on it in the basement. That's where he does, like, all the refinishing for different items. Yeah. And he brought it down there, and he's, like, okay, like, I'm going to run some errands, and then I'm going to, like, come back and, like, refinish it. I think he had, in fact, opened it to look at it more. And yeah. He's like, well, like I'll, I'll, I'll work on it when I come back. And shortly after leaving, his salesperson as, at his store called him absolutely upset.
0: Ew. In
1: complete hysterics because someone came into the store, was breaking the glass cases, locked the iron security gates, so she could not get out. Jesus. And she ended up, like, locking herself in the office and was, like, in the corner under the desk, super upset. And he's like, well, like, call the police. I'll be there. My phone's about to die. So, like, I don't know if I can call them. So they got in there. They opened the gates and found her in the back room corner of his office, super upset. So then he ran downstairs to be like, oh, my God, like, did they steal anything downstairs? I have items down there. Nothing was touched, but all of the lights were broken.
0: Oh, shit.
1: So, like, even the lights that were still, like, screwed in, those were all broken. Any sort of, like, replacement bulbs were broken. Yeah. Everything. And that was the only thing that, like, was destroyed, was the light bulbs downstairs and then, like, the glass cases upstairs. But... There was only one entrance like to the basement and out and like maybe one other entrance to the store outside of the front door. Yeah, yeah. So he didn't run into anybody. So he's like, okay, like there's only so many exits. Right. The possibility of us especially if like one of the entrances was locked, because I think they came in the back way. Like we would have run into this person.
0: Right, right.
1: So that was kind of odd. And then after that, his salesperson never came back to work. And yeah. to this day, she will not talk about what happened.
0: That seems fair. Yeah. It yeah, was probably one of the most horrifying moments of her life. So that's, uh, yeah, I don't want to yeah. talk about it. I don't want to relive it. Fuck it.
1: I would quit my job, too, and be like, I don't need to work here. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I don't have money. No, yeah. I will not shit. Shit! If <laughs>
0: any of this might not be in your control or whatever, fuck that.
1: Fuck this. I do not want any part. So then about two weeks after, you know, going to the estate sale and getting everything, he decided he was going to finish the cabinet. It had been sitting in the basement. So he's like, you know what? I'll I'll actually get around to it. And he noticed that it had a few unique mechanisms with the door. Mm. One being that when you opened one of the doors, the other opened and then like the drawer would open.
0: Right, yeah. Okay. I think I remember that now, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's like, well, that's kind of cool. Like, it's got some cool design mechanisms to it as far as functionality. It didn't have any, like, spring doors, so it didn't, like, pop open and stay open. Mm -hmm. It was more, like, hinges. And he, looking at it, he's like, this is a really well-made box. It's beautifully crafted. Inside, he found a... 1928 U.S. Wheat Penny. Wow. And then a 1925 U.S. Wheat Penny.
0: I have a friend who could tell us exactly how much those are worth off the top of his head. Really? Yeah, I think he has been into coins since we were in middle school. Probably earlier, but I didn't know him prior to that. So
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah, he loves it. Good stuff. That would probably really spark his interest. I imagine they are worth uh, more, roughly more than a penny. Yes. <laughs>
1: I would say so. And he also found a small lock of blonde hair that was tied with a string,
0: as oh, well my as God.
1: a lock of black brown hair that was tied with a string, which I know parents do that if they like when they go and take their kids to get their hair cut for the first time. They like, Save a lock of hair, which is a little creepy.
0: I was going to say that. I wasn't, sure. I wasn't sure if that was creepy or not. Like, It is a I, little I creepy. I know it is
1: common for people to do that, but I personally think it is creepy and will not save any hair for any future children I have, because I think it's weird.
0: I will say that um, I think my mom has baby books of me and Zach, mm-hmm. and... Uh, now that I think about it, I I believe they do have locks of hair taped into them. <laughs> and I didn't think about it until you just mentioned it just now, but I do think that is a little weird.
1: Well, you know it is for good intentions and not for Absolutely. any weird, nefarious reason.
0: Yeah, she's not casting a spell unless no. those books are somehow grimoires or whatever.
1: That. No. Most parents, like, they have a baby book, and that's like where it is because it's in your baby book. It's.
0: Right. It's right, not right.
1: because they're like, I'm going to cast some sort of evil incantation with my child's hair. Also, like, why would you do that to your child?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, that's mean.
0: That's mean. <laughs> so, ah.
1: there was also a small granite statue that was engraved with gilded. Hebrew letters, so like kind of gold Hebrew letters in it. Yeah, yeah. There was a single dried rosebud, a gold wine cup, hmm. and a kind of strange black cast iron candlestick holder that had octopus Weird. legs.
0: That's kind of awesome. That's fucking. I think it's pretty
1: awesome. I'd love to see something like that. It's like hell <laughs>
0: yeah. That's a good so gift then, idea.
1: With finding these objects, he's like, I feel like maybe the family didn't know that this was in here. I don't feel quite right keeping it. So he tried to send it back to them, and they refused to take it. So they kept sending it back. Oh. So he's like, <laughs> That's okay. That's just a lot of
0: postage. Come on, guys. Jeez.
1: Yes, I, I will just keep this. And upon, like, actually looking at the cabinet and getting a better look, he decided to not refinish the cabinet. So he instead just kind of cleaned it out, rubbed it down with like a lemon oil mm-hmm. and gave it to his mom as a birthday gift, which he wasn't able to give it to her on her actual birthday because she was out of town. So she met up with him later to like kind of go out for like a lunch and do like a little birthday celebration with the two of them. Since I think he she was like with one of his siblings. Yeah. So he gave it to her and they were going to go out for lunch. He's like, well, I just got to make this phone call real quick and then we'll go. And as he was on this phone, it would maybe been like five minutes. One of his employees runs back to him and he's like, there's something going on with your mom. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's serious. So he runs back. She's like sitting in this chair, somewhat paralyzed with like this Horrific expression on her face. Just like... I think she was crying,
0: even. Oh, oh no.
1: But she ended up having a stroke. Oh. And she did suffer from partial paralysis. She lost her ability to form words and sentences. Oh, my God. Which she has since regained, and she did recover from the stroke, but it did take a while. And he did say to her when she was starting to like work on words one of the things she kept saying to him was no gift no gift wow and he was like it's okay if like you didn't like it like i'm i'm sorry you didn't like it like i will get you anything else you want like it's not a big deal yeah thinking that she just didn't like like the look of it and not really correlating that this box was causing these problems right and then he attempted to re-gift it to multiple people. The first oh, being yeah. his sister who gave it back after about three weeks because she kept saying the doors would not stay closed. It's like, I don't oh, know what it oh. is with these doors. They will not stay closed.
0: Okay, that and would be like, horrifying.
1: That's, there's not like a spring to keep them open, so that's kind of weird. And
0: yeah, she's like, yeah. I don't
1: want it. No, thank you. So then he gave it to his brother. And, okay, so she had it for only a week. So she didn't have it for very long.
0: It was disturbing enough in that short of a time that she's like, fuck this.
1: Yes. So then he gave it to his brother. And he gave it back after three days because his wife kept saying that it smelled like cat urine. Oh, God. He disagreed and was like, it smells like jasmine, which...
0: What? Oh, okay. Jasmine
1: is an acquired smell. Not everyone loves Jasmine.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I was about to go on a bit of a rant there, but I guess I'm not familiar with Jasmine. Could it be mistaken for cat pee? It's that much of an acquired, like, preference?
1: Oh, well, I think it's one of those things in that um, I have a lotion that smells like Jasmine.
0: I thought you were going to say cat piss, and I'm like, that's not good.
1: It may I call it my old lady lotion. It's like really great for my hands. But I'm like, it smells like old people. Mm, 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 Kinda like mm. in the way that like mothballs smells like old people.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I get you there. Yeah.
1: Jasmine is kind of one of those smells. It's and not everyone likes it. Like some people think it smells really weird or they really don't like the smell. So it is He got a strong sense of Jasmine, and his wife got a strong sense of cat urine. Ha, ha. So he gave it back after three days. He then gave it to his girlfriend, and she gave it back after two days and was like, you need to sell this. Didn't say why she didn't want it, just said you need to sell it.
0: Yeah, I feel like three is enough. Stop trying to give this to people. Yeah. Holy shit, bro.
1: So then he sold it in his store.
0: Okay. And he sold it
1: to, like, an older, middle-aged couple. Yeah. And then three days later, when he went in for work, the box was on the front door with a note oh. that said...
0: Go fuck yourself.
1: This has bad darkness. We are Yikes. we don't want our money back, essentially.
0: That's creepy.
1: They, they didn't want to take it back. So then he's like, well, okay, like, obviously this... I can't give this to anybody. I'm gonna take it home. So, this is when he started having more trouble.
0: Oh, you don't say.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, when he takes the evil gift box home. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why nobody wants this.
1: I just don't understand. It's a beautiful gift, but like everybody hates it. I think kind of got a problem if everybody hates it.
0: And literally every single person. There again, like the first two, okay, maybe kind of a fluke. Three, four, yeah. five people. You even try to sell it to someone, and even they're like, "No." And yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to to rag on anybody for their comprehension of language, but like, there's something extra creepy about the sort of broken language uh, English in which it was written. Of like bad inbox, you know, not taking. What was? The, I don't remember what the actual text was. The um, when he sold it, they the left a note. Bad
1: darkness.
0: This has bad darkness. <laughs> yeah, that's just extra creepy
1: yeah Yeah. so then kevin decided to bring it home and he immediately started having reoccurring nightmares every single night
0: oh my god
1: and the dream started with with him walking with a friend kind of that like familiar friend energy And then as the dream goes on, he realizes that there's something wrong with their eyes, which the eyes are the window of the soul.
0: Right, right.
1: (laughs) So that should have tipped you off right there. And that, like, there's just something evil about the eyes. Right. And then this person transforms into the most gruesome, evil, demonic-looking hag.
0: Oh, my God! Cool, 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 cool.
1: And then she proceeds to beat the ever-living shit out of him. (laughs) Which I think is, as horrifying as that would be, like, as you're dreaming, it's kind of funny.
0: Well, and I think, I don't know why, but I think, like, with our conversation about, like, incubus and succubus, I was thinking that something very untoward was going to happen. She was going to... Do something to him that was not yeah. just beating the ever-loving shit He's out of
1: him. Beating him down, like, with her purse or something. Yeah, that's kind of,
0: that's kind of what I imagine. She's just, you son of a bitch. Yeah.
1: So then with that, he started waking up with, like, marks and bruises on his body. Oh, and wow. not really understanding how or why. Mm-hmm. Still did not think about this box. <laughs> and then they had like a family gathering and his family stayed over about a month later after bringing it home. And he mentioned, he's like, oh, I've been having this reoccurring nightmare to which his brother, sister, and girlfriend were all like, yeah, we've all had this same nightmare.
0: <laughs> yeah, And that box oh, was in our
1: house. So it was kind of then he's like, oh, there's something kind of wrong with this cabinet.
0: Yeah, I think there's a problem.
1: With that, he started seeing things out of his peripheral vision.
0: Ooh, that's awesome.
1: Oh, it is awesome. So great. (laughs) And it was a lot more like shadowy figures and kind of this darkness in his periphery. Yeah. And... One of the nights he put the cabinet in like an outside storage shed and his smoke alarm started going off in the middle of the night, although nothing was burning or on fire and there was no smoke. So then he brought it back in the house and then his house started smelling like ammonia, cat urine. And he's like, I've never owned a cat. I do not. I have not, do not and will not own a cat. Where is this coming from? Right. So then one of the nights he tried to do some research on the box and what like a Dybbuk is. Yeah. And he ended up falling asleep while well, scouring the internet and woke up to the feeling of someone like breathing on his neck and oh a smell, God. a strong smell of jasmine.
0: Son of a bitch.
1: Which woke him up. Yeah, yeah. And then he then saw a large shadowy figure running at him down the hallway.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Which I, I don't know what he did to dispel that. If he, like, looked away and it was gone or what it was. Yeah, yeah. He considered burning the box to get rid of it, but then was more afraid that doing that would cause more problems than just, like, selling it. So he yeah. sold it on eBay. <laughs> Good call. And he sold it to Jason Haxton, who bought it in June of 2003. And he bought it off of eBay, was excited about it, and then immediately had problems once he got it.
0: I, I do have to interrupt real quick. Like, in terms of him being excited, do you happen to have any info on, like, whether or not what it was was explained to him. Like, did he think he was just getting, like, a wine box? Or did he expect to be getting, like, a demonically possessed thing?
1: So there actually is, and I'm looking up what the specific right. title of it was. Which, for him, he was definitely more on the skeptical side. So he's like, sure. yeah, okay, okay.
0: Okay, so the it's title. Made, no, go ahead. Sorry.
1: The title is "Dibek Haunted Jewish Wine Cabinet Box."
0: <laughs> I mean, so haunted is in there. It's yeah. not really explicitly talked about how much shit it has potentially caused, but he did put yeah. it in the title.
1: So the actual listing says with kind of like the information about it and being like there is no. Minimum price, like if I can do anything to make it easier for you to get this, like I will. I am like not really dealing with this, and that everything <laughs> originally in this box will be sold to you. And he so says,
0: it seems like he was pretty well informed.
1: Yeah. Number one, no, I am not religious. Number one, no, I do not wish to have or participate in any sort of exorcism or case study or photo sessions at my home. Three, no, I will not sell any of the individual pieces which were originally found separate from the other pieces and the cabinet. Number four, no, I do not speak Hebrew. No do I know what the word Kaillin means. I do not know what the oh. that, if that word is even Hebrew, oh yeah,
0: Turkish. there's that, there's that word again, yeah, Casm.
1: Number five. at the end of the auction, I have decided to take an opportunity to speak with the winning bidder for two reasons. a. To make sure the winning bidder is a serious adult who has employed some valid reasoning skills in making the decision to accept whatever this is. (laughs) I will not be judgmental. Do what you want or need to after the sale. And number B, to offer full details of the events that have transpired after I will carry out the responsibilities and will process the payment and send this to you. And at okay. that point, I will have no further involvement in the matter in any way, shape, or form, period. <laughs> Which I think that is kind of important to remember.
0: Into infinitum, beyond my death, uh, etc. I et cetera.
1: to do with this ever again.
0: Right. Eventually, I will shed my mortal coil and find myself uh, snuggled safely within the bosom of eternity, uh, unto which this box will have nothing to do with me. Go fuck yourself.
1: Yeah. And fair number enough. six. To all of you who have offered to pray, I may not be religious, but I am certainly open to the possibilities. No matter what your religion may be. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. And that was the under the information under the original listing.
0: Wow. Okay. So I mean, pretty fair. Pretty like that's that's speaking. Remarkably open about what you're trying to sell. Like, look, this might lead to you being damned to hell for all eternity. So people sell
1: ghosts on eBay all the time.
0: They hold. They sell ghosts. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! They, you should sell Eugene. Most...
1: I don't think I could do that. I don't get, have get anything him. he owns. Get him a that's divic like... box.
0: Get him a divic box <laughs> and put a little like note in there. Like, hello, my name's Eugene. I'm not a asshole. I just want to watch <laughs> Yahoo Finance.
1: Just, just watch out, finance. Yeah,
0: put a little tablet. Just get a really cheap tablet off of uh, off of Amazon for like twenty bucks, and just put yeah. Yahoo Finance in there. Just lock it up. So,
1: yeah, the someone has sold a ghost on eBay, and they gave the person like that family member's cane, like their walking oh, cane.
0: Okay, yeah, because they're
1: like they're attached to it.
0: Yeah. It's like, their third find... leg. Yeah. They're walking around. Yeah, all right.
1: So they, people have sold, sold ghosts and, like, they've sold haunted dolls and, like, all kinds of shit.
0: I assume. Yeah, so they're... okay. yeah. They're, <laughs> I, I get it now. They're not yeah. selling, like, a jar <laughs> with, like, empty. like, or, there's a
1: ghost in here.
0: <laughs> or certificate officiating, officially notifying of one ghost presence. I got yeah. you. They're they're just trying to clear out their attic and saying that it's haunted.
1: Yeah. So, he got the antique wooden wine cabinet off eBay. Nice. And when he put his hands on the box, he said it felt like he got a knife to the gut. And he oh, immediately shit. started having nightmares of the hag that supposedly comes with this box now that he has it. Right. He heard about it from a colleague whose roommate, who is Manus, had listed it after some like bizarre experiences which included hair loss and smelling bad odors
0: oh my god
1: and he's like i'm a man of science i don't really believe in this but like i mean i'm in i'm interested in an antique wooden wine cabinet right so then he started having like a wave of bad luck part of which was that he got really ill and was like oh. maybe this box actually is haunted so he sought advice from a rabbi because he knew the original owner was Jewish. And he's like, well, if anyone knows, a rabbi probably knows. Yeah. He'll know how to deal with it. And he told him to place the cabinet in a gold-lined wooden container to negate whatever spirit is haunting it, to keep it closed. And whatever it was, it put a stop to the problems he was having. And he currently stored, well, he started storing the box in a military-grade case and buried it. Wasn't really having problems. It, like, kind of became, like, a joke in the family that, like, he would gift it to people.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: His mom was not about it. She was like, I want nothing to do with that. I have my own problems. Do not give it to me. But for the most part, he didn't seem to have a ton of issues with the box. After that, he did later write a book about the Dybbuk box and was involved in the movie The Possession.
0: Oh, no shit. That's cool.
1: Yes. Both Manus and Haxton worked on it, so they were both involved. And this is where our good old friend Zach Baggins comes in. Yeah. In which, 2016, Haxton sold it to him. He had tons of people offering to buy it for him. Or from him. And he sold it to Zach Baggins. And it currently resides in his haunted museum in Las Vegas.
0: Which, if I'm not mistaken, you can go and tour, right? You like you, you can, can go yeah. and
1: tour. They have a regular tour and they also have a like haunted flashlight tour.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Which, I don't know if I myself could handle the haunted flashlight tour. Just because knowing some of the objects he has in there, I'm
0: like... Oh, no Wait, we I don't know should, if I can handle that. No, like next year for Halloween, we should do that as like a like a Patreon exclusive. Like we should do like a YouTube video thing where we put on like chest cameras and we go oh through God. the... I'm telling you, that'd be great.
1: Matt, I'm going to have a heart attack in that place. Well... I will die and haunt it. Look... I'll he, be a new uh, resident ghost.
0: Look, I'm just telling you, he he'd be he would be legally liable for anything that happened to you, so it's it's all good. No,
1: he would not because you have to sign a waiver.
0: Son of a bitch, he's thought of everything. Bag
1: <laughs>
0: Bastard. You've got to again! Part of
1: it is that they cannot guarantee that things may not attach you may or oh, they attach to you.
0: Right, might follow you home. Okay. So they... Shit.
1: They do not want to claim responsibility for any problems as far as your health and well-being, mental well-being, physical aliveness, generally.
0: Physical aliveness, yeah.
1: That is those. These are all terms I am making up on the spot. I do know oh, okay. that there is a waiver and that. They have it so that should something happen to you, they are not liable.
0: That's fair. No, I just... Physic the, the phrasing of physical aliveness does not usually seem like like
1: no standard that is, uh, for a,
0: a disclaimer. that is
1: one of my favorite things that um actually watching uh Dr Mike he talks about is oh, yeah incompatible with life in Incom- yes.
0: incompatible <laughs> I'm like- with life. Yeah. That is so an interesting statement. It's, it's Yeah, it's like perfectly clinical, but also totally understandable. It is yeah. it is incompatible with life. Yeah. A lot of stuff we talk about seems to be that.
1: Yeah, that's true. So this box was actually featured on an episode of Deadly Possessions, and this was like right after Ooh. he did it. Because I believe that aired in 2016, 2017. Yeah. And... In it, he actually had both Manus and Haxton come to the museum. And he g- gave him, like, both gave him time with it. And I can say that Manus was, like, super weird. Which, I don't know if that's more of, like, the producers being like, hey, dude, like, be creepy. yeah, Or him doing it more from, like, an attention-seeking type of place, which could all be possible. Yeah, but it, like, at one point, because they have it in, like, this uh, just kind of, like, a blank room. There's, like, some pipes along the wall. He, I think <laughs> he puts them, like, in the basement in this room before he, like, gives them their, like, proper home. So that, like, he could, because Zach likes to spend time with each object. And kind of have that, with whatever spirit that may or may not be haunting it, kind of have that, like, hey, like... Mm.
0: This is okay. your home
1: now, and this is, like, where you will be. Right, right. This is a safe space for you to be whatever you do as a spirit. You can interact with kind of having that, like, this is your home now, and, like, you will be taken care of type of conversation. I,
0: you yeah. know, I have to admit, I even know as, as you a,
1: have to have that with a ghost, but I think it's nice.
0: I was going to say, you know, I'm a skeptic. I don't think that that is like, a necessary step, but I will say that is very sweet. Um,
1: I think he, he really cares about the objects in his museum, which... Yeah. As, as much as people love to give Zach Baggins such a hard time for just being Zach Baggins and being like, we're going ghost hunting, and... <laughs> oh, my God, did you see that? And being, like, such a bro yeah
0: <laughs> that right doing stuff
1: like that where, like he takes the time with each of his objects to be there. And, like he actually did quarantine in his museum because he wanted to be there with everything. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. instead
1: of just having it like without anybody, he wanted to be there,
0: yeah. well, and
1: and I will and say for, like that reason,
0: yeah. and I, and I will say that, like, I, I sometimes give him shit while we're talking about stuff. My only, real conflicting issue is just that I am a skeptic. I, yeah. I personally think that, like, everything he does, he really does believe in, and he does, like, for the, like, purest reasons. So even though yeah. I don't necessarily believe in it, I do think that he he is doing what he does for, you know, a, a good reason and stuff. And he's doing it yeah. out of the goodness of his heart.
1: Yeah, so then with his show, Deadly Possessions, he himself would take time with like each of the objects and just like be there in. They had it in this base r- basement room, which was kind of more like a neutral space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he offered both Haxton and Manis to like spend time with it and kind Jason of let Haxton it go. was like, nah, it's like I've spent <laughs> enough time with this thing. They're like, I don't really <laughs> need that. Like, I know it's going to a good place. So he's kind of like, yeah, whatever. Whereas Manis very much had. Schmeagol ring vibes.
0: Oh my.
1: At like one point, he's like standing, staring at the wall, like right in front of one of the uh, pipes that was like just running along the wall. And he's like talking to himself, staring at the wall with the box like behind him. Whoa. And it's just like really weird. And again, it could just be for TV.
0: Right, because right. Like,
1: <laughs> it's TV. It's like a kind of a reality TV in a way, but it was really weird. And uh, Haxton actually said to Zach, he's like, Manus is being, like, super weird. He's like, I, he's he's being, like, extra odd. And I won't like, deny that's oh, not... Oh, you think so? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do.
0: Yeah. Wait. That is uh, not the direction I was expecting you to go with that. That is that is genuinely pretty creepy. <laughs>
1: It 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 gave me such like weird vibes and uh, there's kind of been some I guess animosity between Haxton and Manis to a degree they do not really get along.
0: Oh Haxton yeah. Haxton
1: personally believes that Manis himself cursed the box.
0: Oh okay. <laughs>
1: and that it was not cursed before, and that he kind of fabricated this whole story about the old woman from the Holocaust. Interesting. To kind of get people to like be interested and like make money off of it.
0: Sure. Sure.
1: Which Manus has been like, I, I made that whole thing up. Like that's not real. But Haxton's like, yeah, that may not be real, but you did something weird with this. And it was definitely cursed when I had it.
0: So, so just to confirm the, So the one guy accuses him of making all this up. And then the guy that he accuses, just because I I am terrible with names, I don't remember who it was, but he admits that he made up that story.
1: Yeah. So the first buyer, Kevin Manis, and he's he's like, well, like, I made it up because I'm like, I'm a creative writer. Like, that's what I do. But then the person who made the book about it was Jason Haxton, the second buyer,
0: right and he legitimately had some fucked up
1: actually had issues with it and he's the person who in some ways was like hey like i know i can use this like to my advantage like he they got a movie made out of it he wrote a book about it and he's like really manis is just kind of upset that like he didn't think to do this himself
0: oh oh, okay
1: Man, we do not like each other, do we?
0: It's pretty rare that you hear about Sellers' remorse. He he just got rid of something that he could have made, like, a book and a movie deal out of.
1: Which, the thing I think is very interesting is that between the two of them, the person who does more appearances and stuff about it is Kevin Manis and not Jason Haxton.
0: Okay. Which Which could also be seen.
1: From 2003 to 2016, he had it for over 10 years. Yeah. Whereas Kevin had it for like that short span of time. Yeah. But he's kind of been the one that's like, oh, like it's this like horrible, like this, all these horrible things happen to me and it's this crazy story. And Jason's kind of like, yeah, we keep it closed. We kept it in a, like we kept it buried in the yard in like a special box. Which, I mean, considering that the grandmother supposedly wanted it buried with her. Yeah. Kind of where it, like, maybe wants to be. In the ground.
0: In the ground, yeah, yeah.
1: Because I believe once he had buried it, he didn't really have tons of issues with it. Once it was in, like, its own spot. And then when they brought it out for haunted possessions, and that was actually when Zach bought it. He's like, you've had this buried in your yard. He's like, well, yeah, it's like it's where it's safe. But yeah. he he very much was like, yeah, no, Kevin's being really weird. Mm. And he's like, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the guy, but like, this is really odd <laughs> behavior for him, which is either calling him out for like wanting the attention, or also being like concerned that he's like, yeah, something kind of wrong with him
0: there's something just kind of wrong with the guy.
1: Which, like, you kind of get that watching it, where like you're just like, something's really off. Especially when he's, like, sitting in the basement talking to himself, and you're like, oh, that's yeah. unsettling.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be off-putting for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, at one point in the quarantine edition of Ghost Adventures, which were... All episodes in the museum. With, I think they had various celebrities come in, like after quarantining for two weeks, and they could like come and sit in the museum.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: He had Post Malone come in and hang out with him. <laughs> and Post Malone says that he got cursed from the box.
0: Oh Although come
1: on. He he says like Person he touched it, but, like Zach was touching it, and he he touched There's- Zach. Yeah. Which there if you watch scene like scene. the footage of it, they like jump away from each other and they're like, oh my god.
0: <laughs> it's like dramatic. <laughs> yeah.
1: But he did say that afterwards he thought he was cursed because he had a series of unfortunate events, which you know, good things come in threes and so do bad things.
0: Well, I mean Lemony Snicket also had a series of unfortunate events. And that's fiction. So I mean
1: Yeah. What are we going
0: how much are we gonna put in stock for post-malone? That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah. So, for him, some of his bad luck was the tires on his plane blew out. Oh, shit!
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: I the a car accident with his Rolls Royce. Ooh.
0: And then his yeah. house was
1: robbed. So... Um, okay. Uh, it, I, it's I, certainly I... bad luck, and it's unfortunate, yeah. but I could not say uh, wow. if it is from this box or not. You
0: know, I, well, that's for certain. Yeah, that's certainly true, but... When yeah, when you said he experienced a series of unfortunate events, that is pretty damn unfortunate.
1: Yeah, it's wow. it's not like oh, like I got locked out of my house or like maybe right. like, it didn't go right for me. It's <laughs> I like
0: my keys I almost in the...
1: died twice, and someone broke into my house and like could have killed me.
0: Yeah, well, and especially the um the tires blowing out on the yeah. plane. That really doesn't happen very often.
1: <laughs> no, it, it can happen. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's for not sure. like it's something that doesn't, but it is not like that happens often.
0: That is a hell of a coincidence.
1: Yeah. And he did say that once they were in like the room with the Dibbix box and like Zach touched it, they he saw a dark figure like following them around the museum that night. Mm. Which there are lots of haunted objects in that museum. Like yeah. everything in there is haunted. So could not necessarily say if it was the Dybbuk box or something else.
0: Yeah, I mean but, at this point he's he's basically rivaling the, the Warrens estate. Like the the stuff that they have locked up. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think he's probably gonna try to get some of those items. Like I think he would Oh yeah. Probably kill to have Annabelle in his museum. Oh
0: my god, yeah. Like, there again, even as a skeptic, like, he would be so right to try and get some of their stuff. Like, that that's kind of become what his brand is. So if he could get like, yeah. any of their collection, for sure. Like, yeah. and also just the idea that not even the particular objects, but like, that that he has some of the stuff that the Warrens have, that would be such a boon to his collection, for sure.
1: Yeah, and I definitely want to do an episode on the Warrens because there's yes. there is some crazy stuff with them just in general outside of the cases that they have been a part of. Oh yeah,
0: of. yeah, and and the they are probably the most compelling like paranormal yeah uh, collection of of stories that exists.
1: I I would say so. So, um, Zach was saying that when they were in the room and he did touch the box, he heard Kevin, which would be in reference to Kevin Manis, along mm. with the words evil. And he heard, like, a child's voice. Which, if you know anything about demons, is that demons <laughs> like to disguise themselves as little girls.
0: And even outside of that, children are creepy.
1: Yeah, children, ghosts are, are pretty creepy. Ugh. Which and knowing that a lot of demons like to be like, oh I'm a I'm a sweet, innocent little girl. You can trust me. Like <laughs> don't trust a child ghost
0: ever. Don't never trust a child ghost. Never
1: trust a child ghost. Ugh. And in some ways it, that does kind of show that like there's the potential that maybe Manus himself is evil and he did curse the box and that like Oh yeah. There is that like, oh like we know who did it. Ha ha ha. <laughs>
0: Find out in next week's episode <laughs> of Ghost Hunter. Yeah, no, I could. Yeah. I mean, it's a good angle to take.
1: It, is. it keeps the
0: intrigue alive.
1: It does. And that being said, I think Zach does intend to buy all of the Dibic boxes if he can find all of them. Yes. And he oh. does currently have two, like I said earlier.
0: And And for the record, I just want to say, like, I was doing a really quick search online. The Dybbuk boxes I was talking about that are on eBay are all, like, handcrafted. So do your, like, if for whatever reason you want a Dybbuk box, just be sure that what you're buying is, like, a home-built thing, because a lot of them are going for hundreds of dollars. Yeah, I believe most of them are... yeah, crafted wood. So, yeah, before you shell out, like, it's like the cheapest one I think I saw was 80 bucks. And not oh, to say yeah. that it didn't take some craftsmanship and time. They, they're they doing like pouring of, of like oil paints and stuff. They look really cool. Just 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 spend your money wisely. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, as more of a believer, definitely like do not mess with any of those things. Like I will not buy anything that I know is sure, yeah. haunted. I'm. I i do not I just don't need to bring that kind of stuff in my house.
0: Yeah. Not would, which is fair. I. I mean, especially like being a believer. I. I imagine what. Like what? Yeah. Why would you invite that in? If yeah. this is something you actually believe in, why would you want it to be a part of your life? No thank. Yeah.
1: You. I. I wouldn't want to invite. At least, like knowingly invite mm-hmm. something nefarious into my house that I don't know could make me like slip in the shower.
0: Yeah, right. And, yeah.
1: Like, because falling in the shower is super dangerous, and you can die it from is. that. So,
0: and if you're a believer and you have one of these boxes, stop trying to sell them on eBay. Contact Zach Baggins and, yeah, can... and see if he can. Yeah,
1: call Zach and see if he wants it because yeah, he will haunted stuff.
0: Yeah, he will, he will take the time and the care to make sure that it is not necessarily made inert, but at least properly contained. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's, you know, he very much cares about all of the haunted things that he has. So, you know. Yeah. It would go to a good home and be in good hands. Yeah. And with that, that is actually the end of our episode. Woo!
0: That was a bit of a ride.
1: Yeah. The, d- when I first started the dibic box, I actually lit, heard it on. And that's why we drink. And <laughs> it just true. gave me chills. And then yeah. watching Zach's haunted possessions. I'm like, no, no, mm-hmm. the Dybbuk box. No.
0: Yeah. Well, and I don't rem. I wish I could remember what I saw, but, but I definitely listened. I might've been at work and was like listening to a YouTube, uh, channel thing, mm-hmm. um but I do remember the guy what what you described of him having the box and like trying to fix it up and and selling it to people yeah. and stuff and there again, even as a skeptic, it is incredibly compelling and creepy
1: it is it's, it is. Uh, it's uh
0: yeah something. it's a it's and, a terrifying story
1: and with that, if any of you actually have any sort of creepy, true crime. Haunted-type yeah. story, we are collecting them and reading them on our Patreon.
0: Yes. Would
1: we like to share those, because I think they're really cool.
0: Absolutely. And if you so want to get in touch with there. us, yeah, please email us at peculiarpairingspod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at pod on Twitter, and uh, that's what tweeting means. And you can contact us on Instagram at pairingspod. Hmm. So, thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Do we have ratings for our pairings today?
0: I'm going to be honest. I almost went straight 10. Uh, I did not think that I was going to like it as much. Because, again, I know I've had Jeremiah Weed uh, sweet tea vodka before, but I don't, I honestly don't remember like how I prepared it, what I had it in as a drink, maybe a Long Island Mm -hmm. iced tea. Um, Oh, probably. Probably. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But this. This I just kind of made up and it went better. It's it's very simple and it went better mm-hmm. than I thought it would. I just I boiled some things. water. Yeah, I just boiled some water, put some of the the deep, deep eddies in there. There again, I think it was a shot and a half. Filled it up with water. It was nice and hot. It tastes like tea and it is I can confirm is very highly alcoholic. Yeah. Contented. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it paired really well with. The, I was uh, I was trying to keep the noise down, but every so often I was eating one of the caramels and taking mm-hmm. a sip of tea. Um, I'm gonna go nine. Not not perfect, yeah. but it was exceeded expectations. Is a good way to put it. I liked it a lot.
1: I would say so. I think I would give the tea probably a nine, and I'm giving my caramel chocolate a ten. Nice. Because it's amazing. And I think the only way just caramel itself would be that kind of pairing is like if you made it yourself. But yes. the Sorbod stuff I do really like and I'd give that a solid nine. So
0: Yeah. It's, it's well and it's one of those things where I'm I'm not like a caramel holic if those exist. But every yeah. time I get it, I remember how much I like it and it reminds me yeah. of of good Memories, being a kid and stuff. There's mm-hmm. something really satisfying about a good caramel that just uh, hits you in the right spot.
1: It does. It's just, it's good.
0: Yeah. yeah. So not not quite perfect, but pretty damn pretty good damn pairing. pairing close. If I'm yeah, I would say so. It's good times. I would too. With that being said, do we have a plan for next week? A topic and whatnot. Next
1: week, I believe. We are talking about the Honolulu Strangler.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Which is a lesser known serial killer and unsolved.
0: Ooh, double points. Yeah, when you first mentioned that, I forgot you texted me that. And I'm like, I don't know what that is at all. Not that I listen to a lot of... I, I've been learning more recently that as much as I consider myself to be a true crime fan, I don't listen to as much as a lot of people that I know. So I am not yeah. as informed as a lot of people, which works perfectly for this show. So It does. It does. But at any rate, we've been going on for quite a while. Thank you all for having made it to the end. We appreciate you listening with yeah. us and uh, we'll see you next time.
1: Bye, listeners.
0: Bye bye.